What is this, Lady Ada? Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Show and Tell. It's 7.30 p.m. Eastern, and uh, it's snowy outside, so get your Swiss Miss and your soldering iron. Come on by. We're going to check in with people from around the making, hacking, electronic engineering, and more community to see what they're up to. First up is Kevin from DigiKey. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Kevin. So you guys have snow. Tomorrow we will. Yeah, New York has snow. I mean, like, we're not. In no. fact, it's it's twice it as. Taxes? It's twice as snowy. I think our average is like 17 inches, and now it's 33. So we're already ahead of schedule. Yeah. For we're, we're way below schedule on snow. Yeah. But today, it went above zero. So it was a good there you day. There go. Huh. Okay, good. It was a good right. day. So t-shirt weather. Cool. Yeah, exactly. So what I've been working on is next week is National Engineers Week. And we have our annual girls' night out, which it's going virtual this year, of course. And our some of our team members put together this little project, put it around my neck just so you can see the lights. It's not actually a necklace. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is now. Using the Microbit V2 and some of the, the new features on it, you touch the capacitive touch, and then you can adjust the colors. It's, LEDs are so hard. No, no, we can see it. Oh, there you go. There you go. So you're increasing the red, and now I'm going to increase the green. And then increase the blue. So you can change the colors by changing the, the RGB on here. And then you shake it, and it's going to change the, the function on here. Mm. Nice so this, use. Like I said, this is for uh, Girls' Night Out. So we have a group of young females here in the local area, and they're going to do this project. Right now it's on a VU meter. Mm -hmm. As I talk, it's Yeah, yeah, the microphone built in is awesome. But yeah, any uh, 12 through 18 year olds are going to come together, put together a project and have some fun. So okay. my next goal is to get this moved over to the Clue. Okay. I and think then add a display on here. So I think it'll be a really cool project for, for adding to the Clue. Because obviously the Clue is the exact same size. That's right. And we definitely have VU code for the PDM microphone on the Clue. Yeah, you have code for all of this stuff. Yeah. So all right, sweet. Very cool. All right. Also try Circuit Playground Express. That's another another board you could try. Yeah, we have the Circuit Playground. I happen to have one right here. We did a project on the Circuit Playground Express last year. So we're, okay. we're trying something a little different this year. The nice thing about the Express is everything's all built in. All the LEDs, NeoPixels, lights, sensors. It's great. All right. Sweet. Thank you, Kevin. Nice update. You're, Stay you're warm. welcome. All right. At least if the power goes out, you have your NeoPixel necklace to light your way. Next up is Melissa. Hello. What's up, Melissa? Hi, I have this board here, and it has uh, an old chip on here. Mm -hmm. uh, it's called the VCP200. It's from uh, like the late 80s. And I had gotten it working a long time ago as a kid, and I soldered it to a board, and then it didn't work for some reason. Uh, anyway, I, I dug it out when I was going through my parts, and I decided to wire it up to this board here. And so I have it working. So if I say stuff like lights, let's see, it's not working. Reset. Well, just you a second. To, you want to repower it? Live, uh, live voice demos are the worst. Oh, yeah. This thing has been a little bit finicky. Uh, right now I have it running at three volt. Oh, I just reset it. Um, it works fine when I power it through my benchtop power supply, but I was training mm -hmm. out some various power supplies last night, and I thought it was working through the feather, but... Um, we believe you. All right, so okay. it recognizes, like, just five different words. 
There's actually like uh, eight words that it'll recognize. Three of them weren't like documented in the original Radio Shack uh, documentation. There was like an article in a magazine that had like the additional words on there. Yeah. I think it was like lights, reset, and slow or something like that. All right. Well, this is the the the, the pre Alexa Alexa. All right. That's cool. I love hacking on all the electronics because like, you know, like people did a lot with very little. It's very impressive. Mm hmm. All right, well, thanks for coming by, Melissa. And then if you get it working, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll we'll bring you back and you can turn on. Okay. <laughs> I'll hook it up to my bench top and then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, well, we're going to keep going. Uh, but, yeah, just just raise your hand. Wait. Okay. All right, next up is JP. Hey, guys. Hey, so hey. Uh, this is a project on a mag tag I wanted to show. And the setup for this is that uh, Lady Eight is probably wondering uh, – what time in NCAA men's basketball today are the Arizona State Sun Devils going to play their game oh, no. at USC here in, in LA against the Trojans? Um, well, yeah, boom. I'll tell you what, it's going to be at 5 p.m. Yes, and it's game one out of five. It is well, so yeah, so there's five games happening today. Uh, it's going to be airing on you on ESPN two. I do want to warn people that I have some uh, I have a mistake in my date time code right now, and so it says this game is happening tomorrow instead of today. So I'm going to cover that up so no one gets mad on the internet. Um, but uh, what we can do is hit a button here on the mag tag, and it's going to go ahead and grab the next of the five scheduled games in, in NCAA men's basketball. So we can see that uh, okay. times and uh, if the game has been postponed, it'll say that down at the bottom. If the game is already final, it'll post the score on there. It tells us again where it's airing. Um, we can even hit uh this will take a moment but i'm going to hit a button here while i talk that's going to go and grab a completely different sport so it's going to go grab women's ncaa basketball schedule and we can grab a ton of these there's a really good oh i oh you know what i'm not in my uh same wi-fi as i was when i started this so now it's broken we can put that away now okay right, right, well, okay love demo okay so but the, um ESPN API 2 has JSON file, different uh, URL per sport, but it's really consistent. It's a really great uh, set of data that you can grab all this from. Uh, so I'd hacked some stuff together using some MagTag code. Uh, it worked, but it was every every page it went to, it kind of pulled down the full JSON file. So Melissa helped me uh, by rewriting it so that it grabs it once and stores the data, and then it can page through it uh, quickly so we can hit the next game, previous game, and then we can also do a full refresh, which you'd want to do um, when you have had it sitting around for a while. But it's essentially the thing that people, I, I've, I've talked to people who watch sports a lot, I don't, but I've talked to people and they say, yeah, the main thing is where is it playing? Like, I kind of know what day, I might even know what time, but which ESPN, because there's like 90 of them is playing it. So this thing helps you, and it's not just ESPN, it'll tell you this where. This is actually also one of the first products we want to do in the mag tag, but we, we had to like, uh, improve the JSON handling and like the the pack like parsing. Like, there's a lot of stuff that had yeah. to happen. the ESPN uh, data chunk is like massive and it's like really complicated. So but like, I'm really glad that this is like we're finally getting to this project. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, discovering this uh, error in my date time code, which is semi janky, and I just kind of got it working barely, uh, led us to a discussion of talking to Brent and Jepler about putting a uh, proper daytime library that we have in here that'll use the ISO format uh, time that, that ESPN uses in their in their API. Yeah. So it'll it'll be sort of this layering on of these uh, chunks of code that we really spruced up to do different projects and it all comes together in Adafruit's favorite, Sports Ball. 
Check your path on sports ball. All right. <laughs> Thanks, JP, um, sure. to that guide. And then uh, you just published a guide on using motors and uh, robotics in uh, circuit Python with the new Raspberry Pi Pico. Right. That's right. Yeah. And I had shown this thing, which is a demo board with a whole bunch of uh, different motor projects all built onto one. This guide will tell you how to do each one of those discreetly. So you don't have to worry about, I don't care about solenoids. I just want steppers. It'll, it'll take you through those with a nice fritzing diagram per and the code just for that. So you can get started really quickly with the Pico, um, but you can do them all. There's a lot of GPIO on the Pico, so you can do them all as a bazillion PWM channels you can work with. So if you want the last page of that guide, will we'll, uh, let you set up the uh, science fair style board there and put them all together. All right, thank you, JP. Right. He's bringing Cooltronics and the sports ball. Next up, Erin, our favorite fairy. Hello, so um, I have been, wanting this project for years and working on it for it feels like months and months, but they're finally finished. So I am holding here a pair of animatronic fairy wings. I have uh, hooked up a little steampunk bracelet here with a uh, potentiometer knob. And when I turn it on, if all goes well, the wings will start flapping. And um, the knob actually can adjust the speed of how fast they go. And there's a bunch of just randomness and fun um, I tried to make them as organic as possible with the code so that they, they flap sort of a random number of times and then pause. And it's, uh, it's a lot I of I love fun. the jewels and it's iridescent. This is like everything that you do. And, I, and I, you know, you, you kind of decorated over the mechatronic part. It looks yeah. great. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I went kind of steampunk. I've got little keys on here that we can turn and, you know, pretend to wind them up and that sort of thing. So uh, it's it's really been a fun project. Um, and I've uh, been working on the tutorial on how to make these super light um, cellophane fairy wings uh, with a Cricut maker. And so um, there's no water jet cutting or anything needed for these fancy frames, but uh, they're just giant and huge and wonderful. And I think, uh, I think I'm gonna have to let them really fly. The steampunk part's really smart because that explains why it like makes the servo noise. You're like, no, it's mechatronic. Like exactly. You know what I mean? Like you don't you're like you lean into like it's a robotic project, but it's like a steampunk robot. So that's cool. yeah. All right, nice work. Thanks, Aaron. And that guy's Thank coming you know. out soon. Yeah, out very soon. So, All right. So sneak peek. All right. Next up, Noah Pedro. Hey guys. So this week we got a video and a little 3D printed case for Carter's awesome guy that he came out a couple weeks ago. And then I noticed you guys are adding this to the offices. Um, so it's a CO2 sensor using the Pi Portal matrix. And inside, oh, do I have the screen I set up? I can't add it. Oh, there we go. Oh. Yeah, it's just this guy. Um, so it's a bracket and 3D printed case for the, uh, what is it, yeah. SCD30. You're, so the screen didn't actually add, by the way. Something weird. Mm. Man, yeah, do you want me to try to add it? Yeah, it uh, oh, there you go. Yeah, okay, so here it is. <laughs> it's just a case for the CD SCD30 uh sensor in here, so it's measuring the CO2 levels. And I'm kind of embarrassed to show the numbers here since we have no AC running, we're in a closed room, but we're all good. <laughs> I'm holding my breath, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, uh, Stemma QT, and I made these because I saw the um guide that Carter came out with, and I noticed you guys are adding these into the office. So, it's this guy, it's all press fit, so it just uh, goes into the case like that. There's no screws that are required, and it's just um, hooked up with uh, the SemQT cable on there. On the back, you need to see it's just a little bracket that uh, hooks up to the heat set. Uh, screws that are on the um, the matrix displays that came with the Ada box, and I made a different size too for like the uh, bigger ones that were used in the protest sign project. 
So it's just a nice little simple case. And then Carter had a really good idea of having this nice little faceplate that has the CO2 logo on there. So it's a nice little way to monitor what your CO2 levels are. So it's supposed to be used for like if in a room, if it gets like too crowded, you can see the levels rising. You can you know, open up a window, get some air circulation or disperse. <laughs> so nice little case for that. Cool little easy project to, uh, okay. to go along with the times, unfortunately. Open, open <laughs> right. up my window. <laughs> and uh, Melissa's project is working. So we're going to go to Melissa real quick and then we're going to try to get to everyone real quick. So as long as everyone speeds it up in uh, turbo mode, we can still get to everyone. Okay, Melissa, you ready to do your demo? Yes, I am. Okay, so I just hooked it up to my benchtop supply here, so I can say stuff like stop, stop, oh, turn yeah. left, reset, reset, lights. And so you can see like different yeah, LEDs yeah, yeah. will light up. Yay! You got it working. So, yeah. Work, uh, Radio Shack nineteen eighty five technology. <laughs> Thanks. All right, sweet. All right, we're gonna keep moving. No, Dan. Dan and Dan's screen. Okay. Okay. So I want to say what I'm working on. Working on is a second serial channel that goes over USB to your circuit Python board. So here's my whiteboard. Okay. So you see that I got a computer. Yeah. And it used to be that we just talk to the circuit Python board over the REPL to the REPL over the USB cable. But I'm adding a second channel so that you can talk where it says new. This is really hard. No, 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 yeah, yeah. You're, this is like Feynman level, you're doing great. Yeah, and, and so now you're gonna be able to talk to your CircuitPython board over two channels rather than one. So that you could exchange data with the board if you wanna communicate with the board and the REPL is not gonna get in the way. Right now you've been able to read and write through the REPL, but if you wanna print things, it screws things up like but here we can have a new channel that sends bytes back and forth okay your python board from your host Demo it. all right <laughs> if we look here i plugged in the circuit python board i just have a metro m4 here and now it's it's showing two not two 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 devices acm acm0 and acm1 or if this were windows it would be like com15 and com16 or something and so on the circuit, here's, there's the REPL, and there's this new module, USB CDC, and it has this uh, list in it called serials, and it's serials of zero and serials of one. Serials of zero is the REPL, serials of one is this new channel. So I made a variable here. And on the left side here, I started up Python, Python, and I'm running Pi serial, but I could be running a terminal program or something. It doesn't matter. Get the demo. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All Where right. S1 dot write. So let's write some binary, some bytes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. And let's, over here, we're going to say ACM1 dot read. Yeah. Three bytes. There they are. Whoa. ABC goes from one side to the other over the USB, and it doesn't get messed up in the ruffle. So you can write a program that uses these USB serials to send data back and forth. And that's it. It's epic. It's amazing. It's great. People are gonna love this. Uh, I think uh, you know. I know that uh, AT makers have also been asking for this, as well as many, many other people. Um, this is gonna really unlock the ability for Circuit Python boards to interact with computers, which is powerful. So good right. work, Dan. Very exciting. Coming soon to basically every Circuit Python board except the SAMD21, which, which doesn't have enough endpoints. 
Right. But Pico can do it, 7051, STM32F405, maybe even the SP32S2. So everyone stay tuned. This is a sneak peek. Okay. Thank you, Dan. All, All right. right, next Scott. up, Scott. <laughs> I think Dan needs to make a commercial. He needs like a 30 second spot about the second serial CDC. Like, he will. Well, he's got all of all of the elements. Well, we, he's he's like number two on TikTok. We've lined up David Blaine. <laughs> all right. Here, here's what I got. I know I know you got lots of folks. So it's a RP2040 feather. And which way yeah. am I going? Uh, a Max I2S uh, ampli amplifier. And then I've got a, just a speaker hanging off here. So I'm just going to. Hopefully, control D. It's a little quiet. You heard like a... Oh yeah, there's like a little chime. Yeah, it's the uh, jet player splash sound that, I, that I've been testing with. But basically, we have I2S audio playback working in CircuitPython. Uh, I'm hoping to actually do PDM microphone recording as well while I'm at it. So hopefully, we'll have a PR for all of that. Uh, by the end of the week, and uh, PIO improvements as well, which will be good. Yay, so much right. stuff happening. Speaking of PIO, let's go to Jepler, who I Hi. heard has a cool yeah. PIO demo. I have LEDs. Okay. So, I mean, we've done LEDs before, right? Uh, what's different about this one is we're using the PIO peripheral in the Raspberry Pi 2040 Pico and a shift register, which you can't see down here on my nest of wires, to go to eight independent NeoPixel strips. So they're each being driven at the same time, uh, but instead of being like a, a, a zigzag or an S configuration, they're all coming directly off of one spot, um, which is faster to update and gives you some more options for how to lay out your LEDs. And it's also been a good experience learning about the PIO coprocessor of this chip. So yeah, this that's is what I got. This is a project that I actually, Phil B and I tried to do a few years ago on the SAMD21. We tried to, it's a shift register. So it's actually only using three pins. Right, it uses and three pins. You shift out data so fast that the data appears on the output of the shift register at 800 kilohertz writing NeoPixels. We thought this would be a cool way of like, cause like how do you write eight bits at a time? Well, you, you could use a shift register because you clock them all at once um, because there was no DMA on the SAMD21, but we couldn't get it working on the SAMD21 because of that latch pin, you have to latch the pin really fast right after you write the mm -hmm. eight bits and like, so you can't use SPI and we try to do a timer and it would get out of sync. But with PIO, it's like, wow, perfect. Yeah, it worked uh, actually on the first try that I actually hooked up LEDs. So that's always a pleasant surprise. Impressive, I, uh, I'm your- There was a lot of times that I didn't have the LEDs work hooked up and it didn't work. And but you, know, you actually logic wanted to analyzer. Yeah, when you but, went to yeah. try. Okay, well, yeah. thank you credit for that. All right, well, mm -hmm. nice work, Jeff. Well, that's also coming soon. All right. Yeah, so we've got code to add to the core. We've got guides to write and all that stuff. So it'll be coming. You can use it. All right. Thanks, Thank Jepler. Um, a little programming note. Scott's deep dive is tomorrow. Just a reminder. It's normally Friday, but it is tomorrow, Thursday. That is breaking news. Breaking news. All right. Next up, let's go to Seth, and then we'll go to Alvaro, and then we'll go to Liz. If we can keep it to a couple minutes each, we can still do this. Hi, Seth. Hey, Seth. All right. So it's been a while since I've been on, but I've been very, very busy. Um, I... Uh, I decided to take some of my designs that I've showed on here before, like the little power pack for the uh, Cutie Pie and uh, a little SAMD21 board I made. And I, I made them better. So I made it smaller. Um, I think it's two pins more than the Cutie Pie. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I've got a little uh, high-speed uh, analog to digital converter that actually does I squared C, 
And then the new Kitty Pie Power Pack that I've been working on is even smaller um, and it comes in. Uh, I added some reverse voltage protection too, but it's it's almost the same size as the, the Cutie Pie now. And uh, it's just, it's been a lot of fun. Um, and then I've actually been writing a few driver codes that have been submitted to the uh, um, to the community library too for some of the boards that I've been yeah. making. Like um, I've got a, the AT42QT, uh, well, one of uh, microchips capacitive touch boards. So yeah. there wasn't a circuit Python library. So I added that on there and still adding more functionality to it. Cause there's just, there's so much that this little chip can do that I didn't realize when I initially started writing the, the driver code for it. So oh, great work and congratulations. There's going to be a Pico, uh, you know, RP2040 cutie pie. So that your stuff will work with that too. So hopefully yeah. uh, more boards in the future. And there, there might be an ESP32 S2 one as well. That's in the Yeah. I've actually been working on a small form factor ESP32 S2. Oh, it, yeah. Cute. So this one only does six pins or uh, 12 pins on it, but I, I didn't quite get it to work the first time around. So uh, Rev B hopefully is much better. Okay. So. All right. Thanks Good luck. So. Thank you, Seth. Thanks, yes. All right, next up, Alvaro. Hey, everyone. Hi. So I'm, I'm going to show today something that I'm, I'm a bit nervous, not only because I'm in the show, but because this is really expensive, especially for me. Oh. This is actually the uh, one of the first 64-bit uh, uh, RIS 5 chips, so you can see the Sci-5. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, those are expensive. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, like a thousand dollars, and you know we're in Costa Rica, so a thousand dollars is a lot of money. Yeah. So that's why I'm using gloves, and um, this is the board, the, the real board that I'm actually using for developing Slackware. So I'm just gonna put it down because I don't want to damage it, and. Uh, the, the thing that I wanted to say is that uh, there's a lot of other RIS-5 uh, things coming up. So I wanted to show really quick my the first product. This is a Pine64 uh, soldering item. It's a, a clone of the, of the TS-100. But yeah, it actually has a, a RIS-5 chip in it, and it doesn't say RIS-5 everywhere, uh, anywhere. So I, I actually consider this like the first uh, RIS-5 um, product. Yeah. Not like not a development part. Yeah. And also really quick from from the people from Pine, I also got this. Uh, this is the BL2602 chip. Yeah. So they're actually trying to make it like a like a like a chip ESP8266, like only a, a Wi-Fi processor. So yeah, this is what I have for today. So that's thank awesome. You. Thank you for coming by. And also like that's sure. a sweet guitar and a really sweet OLPC classic on your wall. Yeah, actually the, the OLPC some of some of the things that I'm doing for RIS 5 is because actually I want to make a new motherboard. Oh yeah, totally. Absolutely with an eating screen like the original was supposed to be. Like that'd be so, so yeah, cool. And uh thanks for coming out. Thanks for showing the productized RIS 5 because that's when you know things are really taken off when it's invisible and embedded inside of everything. So a good first example. Sure. All right. Yeah, the, the Pico 5 are coming out and also the, the Alibaba uh, chips are coming out. And the people from Pine actually said that they're going to build a, a small computer with this thing. So, so it's going to go from $1,000 to $15. If you ever see a RISC 5 that has like USB so we could do CircuitPython stuff, let us know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I have right. like examples of this stuff, but uh, okay. else, yeah. All right, thank you so much, Alvaro. Right on. All, right, All right, Liz, play us out. Hello. Uh, I actually do have a MIDI thing cooking. So, That's right. That's right. Uh, so I got a Pico um, display screen uh, that is going to be showing all the different um, MIDI buttons. And then this is the new um, LED driver. Um, I'm blanking on the name, but it's going through uh, Stemma. And yeah. 
So basically, uh, when I press this button here, press it. <laughs> oh, my cat's jumping down. Um, it's hitting the robot's dial phone back at me, and right. I'm just testing um, the LED. It's launching it, and then the feature of this is when I select this, then the LED is going to blink to let you know you selected that pin, mm -hmm. and then I can change the MIDI note. It will. Oh, um, <laughs> I can change the MIDI note. There we go. Um, and now it's going to play a different tone. Maybe. Um, yeah. Robots uh, are so finicky. I know. Um, I know we're short. Sure I, I can stop. Uh, but maybe try that one. Uh, OK. I'm going to call it. <laughs> but it changes, the, it changes the note. And yeah. Um, but yeah, the big thing this week was getting the lights um, integrated in, so. Yeah, I like that new um, GPA expander because you don't have to have a resistor with the LEDs. So I thought like it would make wiring a lot easier. It's like, it's a yeah. strong drive. You can drive like pretty bright LEDs. But uh, yeah. come, come by next week. I'm sure you're, I see you're working on this project every week. So come by next yes, week. Yes, and then I have yes, a um, purple thing back there is the case. So hopefully next week it'll be all assembled and everything. Oh, nice. All right, well, that's awesome. All right, thanks so much, Liz. All right, no thanks, problem. Liz. All right, that's our show for tonight, everybody. Thanks for stopping by, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Especially thanks to Noah and Pedro, who did show and tell the last couple weeks. Um, we're here this week. We'll hear, probably be here next week, um, but we're alternating everyone, so our yeah. team can uh, host show and tell um, throughout the months and years. So we're going to keep doing this. Uh, we'll see everybody at Ask an Engineer, which starts in about five oh, minutes, nice. 8 p.m. Wednesdays. And see you next week right here, show and tell, 7.30 p.m. Show and share your favorite projects or just about anything, including retro stuff or just things that you want to get out there. We'll see you next week. All right. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>